with Steve Allen. Morning, team. Five minutes past five. It's Steve Allen's early breakfast. So lovely to see in the paper today that uh, Cheryl Cole says she admires J-Lo. She says, uh, I'd like an arse like hers. But you have, darling. You married him. He's called Ashley Cole. He is the biggest arse you've ever been with, I'm afraid. A nice little piece of work. Anyway, loads of stories in the paper today. The Daily Mirror. I've got Colleen Nolan. Uh, day two of a tedious autobiography. You know, my five minutes in show business. Uh, my dad beat me, but still I loved him. My dad, the paedophile. My dad who slept with my sister. I mean, you can't make these stories up, and now people insist on telling you every aspect of their life. I mean, as if you're remotely interested. However, the good news is today, as Bill probably mentioned, they've finally given Susan Boyle a makeover. Unfortunately, she looks even worse than she did first time round, poor soul. She's now wearing a leather... She's 47, all right? They've put her in a Primark leather jacket, which they reckon is worth about £16, and a print dress, which must have gone out with the Ark. It's got old lady stamped on. I mean, I, I, I don't really know what to make of it. Uh, I really don't know. She's tried a new look. She says, I, I'm, I might go on a diet. I've, I've seen myself as frumpy. The one thing you can bet she is, though, is egotistical. Because, you know, nobody put her up for this job. She went for it all herself, and she's done everything <coughs> up until now. And then, strangely enough, Ruthie Henschel... I don't know whether Ruthie's on something. Perhaps she'd had a drink when they phoned her or something. She says she's good enough for the West End, to land roles in the West End. As what, dear? As what? What can you pot- possibly put her in? You can't put her in Les Miserables, because, I mean, it does involve some sort of acting. And I haven't actually seen any acting ability yet. Shaheen has gone back to school. That's lovely, isn't it? So, uh, the showbiz boy, who's been in it since he was five. Then, of course, we had Jade Goody's mother pouring her heart out on television the other day. And the good news is... From Max Clifford. Here is the good news. This will be a a blessing for parents across the country that Jade left enough money to make sure that her sons can stay on at private school. Oh, thank God for that. Any other parents listening at the moment, you need about £5 million to make sure that your children can stay at private school. Because that's approximately what she left. Between four and five million, and that's enough to ensure they stay at private school. There'll be parents throwing themselves off the top of buildings this morning going, but we haven't got that much money. We want to send our child... Well, you can't do it. Unless you've got four or five million, you can't do it. That's how much private schools are nowadays. Although, actually, I wasn't aware that the boys were at private school. Last time I saw them, they were at the same school as, uh, as my littlest. So, uh, and stories we can tell. Stories we can tell. Jim and Tooting says, you're so right. Toby Young, smug as hell. I know. I didn't even know who he was, actually. I didn't know who he was till I saw him on the... Uh, on the programme, come dine with me. Uh, other things as well. Very nice that uh, that Jackie says after Jay died, she um, she sort of washed her, covered her in her favourite cream and all the rest. Of it. I thought, blimey, this is some going, isn't it? Here, but uh, the boys had already said their goodbyes, and that was some days. Pro- they're still apparently in Australia. The boys still in Australia, so uh, obviously not going back to school just yet. But she gave them uh, a uh, a plant. This is Fern and Philip, which Jade wanted them to have. But in an interview with OK Magazine, uh, she says that uh, Jack Tweed and Kevin Adams willed her to die. She said, sad as it sounds, we just wanted her to go there and then. I said, come on, Jade, you can go now, but she wouldn't. Well, as anybody will tell you, people go when they want to go. They don't go any other time. I can remember saying to the, to the nurse when my mum was dying, I said, uh, I said when, when do you think it'll be? She said, she'll, she'll, she'll decide when she wants to go. And that's uh, as simple as it is. Although, strangely enough, Jackie was saying, oh, you know, she wants um, Jack to be involved with the children. 
And uh, she says, I, th- I think that's all, you know, uh, but uh, he's, he's got to be a good boy. You think, well, I think you'll find that they already have a father and he might decide what's going to happen to them. You know, you might want to break every so often, but I should imagine he'll be deciding. One more little misdemeanour from nasty convicted thug Jack Tweed and uh, no career, although we'll probably be bored witless with pointless interviews in OK magazine and rubbish like that. Nice to see as well in the paper today that uh, Eva Longoria was dressing up trying to get noticed. I suddenly realised who one of her friends is. It's dreary posh spice. Although the good news from Victoria this morning, Vic has said that she's never going to sing again. Thank the Lord. There is a God. Mind you, not that we ever thought she sang in the first place, but she said she's not going to be singing again. Thank you very much indeed. I've had a, a lovely St George's Day card. This one, I think, from Olive in North Finchley. Do you know, they're very posh, these St George's Day cards. They even come with a St George's Day envelope. April 23rd, so thank you very much indeed for that. God for Harry, England and, as they say, uh, Steve Hargrave will be with us a little bit later on. So that'll be uh, pleasing for many people. And uh, apparently Flawless, who were on Britain's Got Talent, or Britain's Got Hardly Any Talent, I'm afraid, uh, are already well known to Simon Cowell because they've appeared on X Factor. So in other words, what they do, I mean, you know, I, th- I think we're so wonderful to be manipulated so well by these programmes. So in other words, most of these people are known, aren't they? It was like, there wasn't one, I can't remember, was one of them an ex, ex-friend of a friend of Simon Cowell's and went through some time? They, they kept saying different things, but uh, he knows them. Four of this ten-strong group were regulars on the last series of Cowell's other show. So that's what they do. Apparently, a, a Britain's Got Talent spokesman insisted that the contest was open to both amateur and professional performers. Well, it's quite right, because little, uh, little Shamin, Shamin is, the, is a professional performer. So it's open to just about anybody. But unfortunately, I still think they're taking the mickey out of poor old Susan, and she doesn't realise. She has got no idea. And unfortunately, a few other people have been sort of brought into it at the same time, which is not, uh, not so great. Um, oh, Apprentice star Deborah Barr. I've never even heard of her. I've got no idea who she is. Is that that minging one? Is that the one with the... M- Oh, the straight hair. Oh, Miss Misery Face. Oh, God, apparently she's had a boob job to boost her confidence. I'd have had a facelift, love. Might have actually saved us all a lot of trouble. You don't need to get your boobs bigger to increase your confidence. It's a pile of old crap. Don't be so stupid. But apparently, uh, she was 17 when she went from an A cup to a D cup. And so, she posed in a sexy bunny outfit while an English student at the University Royal Holloway College. Oh, I know that very well. It's a nice college, actually. Very nice. And um, so she's another one of these egotists, but unfortunately now she's Miss Misery. Now, look at this. Wait a minute. Look, 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 look. Wait a minute. I'll find this picture. Just in... Mm. I mean, dear oh, God. No. I mean, what is this... What is this outfit? It's not a good outfit. It's not a good outfit, is it? For anybody, no. woman or... Not even for a man. Maybe just the dress with a nice cardi. Yes, a cardio over the top. Not, not a jacket. leather jacket. This is a little bit bikey, I'm afraid, ladies oh, and gentlemen. 16 £16 from Primark. <laughs> and now the papers... And you see, it's now started... The, pe- the son are now asking, have you ever snogged her? Call us now. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> you're not going to be admitting that, are you? Go on. You know, all this rubbish. The, the trouble is, oh, there's a wild picture of her, I'm afraid, on the uh, Express this morning. I think it's sad that they're exploiting her. She's a simple person, quite clearly. She's not all there. And, you know, she might be to sing, but only church choir stuff. I don't know if Ruthie's on about. Absolutely ludicrous. Uh, we've got a fantastic house... Oh, I'm not giving that away. No chance. No chance on this programme this morning. I'll tell you what, I want to give... I'll give away a toothbrush or something. I'm not giving away prizes worth hundreds and hundreds of pounds. It's just ridiculous. What are we giving away today? A, it's a plasma television, a 42-inch, and a home cinema. It's ridiculous. Why can't we just give away a tin of soup or something, like normal programmes? 
Why do we have to give away really expensive prizes so that people can say, I won this on LB? I mean, it's just ludicrous. But here it is. I've got to do it anyway, because it's in the contract. It's a 42-inch plasma TV and a Samsung home cinema surround sound system. I mean, I don't know if you've ever had surround sound. I've got surround sound. The first time I put it on was for Jurassic Park. Frightened the bloody life out of me. I thought these things were walking through the walls. Because you get the... the st- it's just fantastic. It's like, it's like being in a posh cinema, only it's at home. And you've got these speakers behind you, and there's, there's one... I had one under the, uh, under the settee. And when these things move... Like, it's unreal. I thought the walls were caving in. Gold knows what the neighbours thought, but it's fantastic. This one is uh, HD-ready, digital, is built in. Don't even need to bother, uh, you know, building it yourself or doing anything at all. OK? This can be yours, but for how low? Finishes at 7pm this evening, which is a good time to finish a game, I think, 7pm. And somebody phones you and goes, hello, and you go, don't believe you, put the phone down, so they ring it again. Hello, you've won a Samsung 42-inch plasma and home cinema. Well how, well, how have I won that? Well, Steve Allen mentioned it this morning and you entered it. Lowest unique bid will win. You've got to work out how low this is going to go. I think Bill came up with pound forty-six. I'm going to go, let's say, pound seventy-two. So if you want to bid pound seventy-two, and my advice is don't, because that's the one I've come up with, and sometimes people think, oh, perhaps Steve's got an insight into it. I've got no more idea than anybody else. In fact, we never know until the end of the game what it goes for, because there's no set price. It doesn't... It, you determine how low it goes. So... Bid's got to be in by 7pm today. You text LBC, then your bid, and then you send that to treble eight two one. So if you want to bid 42 pence, you text LBC, 42, and send that to treble eight two one. So LBC, then your bid in pence, treble eight two one. The bid will cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 7pm this evening. Must be over 16. Go to lbc.co.uk for full terms and conditions. It's a nice prize, isn't it? A really nice prize. Um, I see that Colleen Rooney is in the paper today. The, uh, the grinning chipmunk is talking about uh, Hillsborough and how it affected her family. I think it affected everybody's family up there. I don't think there was anybody in the entire country who wasn't affected by what went on at Hillsborough. And that's what I was so bloody mad the other day when that reserve goalkeeper who was smirking his way through, he says for 30 seconds, I, as I said to Phil Blacker, I didn't care if it was for one second, the fact that he disrespected those families, I hope he gets booed and stuff thrown at him when he w- next walks onto the pitch. Ghastly piece of work. And these people realise. Do not these people realise. Uh, right, what are we going to do now? I oh, know, we'll do the, uh, the news headlines, and then we've got more stories for the papers. Don't forget, we take all your texts and emails, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk, and we also sympathise with uh, poor old Lady Gaga, wearing exactly the same outfit out for dinner the other night as she wore on the Paul O'Grady show. Same hat, same wig, same silly lipstick, and same ludicrous boots for going out on the town. I mean, I thought you were okay, dear, but frankly, I didn't think you were that good. I thought Susan Boyle was much better. 5.15. Everybody, nice to be company. It's Wednesday. It is, wait a minute, it is Wednesday. You know, I kept thinking it was Thursday this morning. I kept thinking that the week was whizzing through, but today is Wednesday, and I like Wednesday because Country Life comes out, and that's where I can look through and pick my house out for when I win my £66 million on the lottery, because there's a couple in the paper today, and they won £10 million. But what they did, they were just going on holiday, and they get the email, because they obviously play online, and the email said, uh, can you call Camelot? So, of course, most people go, yeah, spoof, all that kind of thing. So they go on holiday, have their nice holiday, come back and discover they've worth, they're worth now about £10.6 million. 
Because I'm so happy for them. I couldn't be happier. 10.6. We all do it, don't we? Come on, be honest. You've all fantasized. If you play the lottery, you fantasize about winning. You don't fantasize about losing. Who wants to fantasize about losing? So I, I, can, I, I have a great game over the weekend, and mine lasts midweek. Because what I do is I fantasize from Saturday morning all the way through until at least Tuesday or Wednesday I can keep it going, where I've, I fantasize that I've won, say, 66 million. Although, strangely, in my mind, the number 88 crops up a lot. So I'm either going to win £8.80, £88, £880,000, or £88 million, which would be nice. So I don't want anybody to win this weekend. But you do play fantasy, fantasy lottery. And so you then think, right, what would I do if I won the £66 million? Well, I mean, that would be, you can all play it. It's great fun. And you sit, sometimes I've written figures on pieces of paper. Started writing it down. Right, to my brother, I'd give... It starts off at different amounts, doesn't it? You start going, right, if I invest in the money... Well, we're not going to really get too much. Uh, get that. So, right, if I give him... I'm going to give him £2 million. OK, and that'll be enough to buy him a house. And he can retire as well, at his age. Because he's, he's a lot younger than I am. So he, he could retire, so that'd be quite good. I can buy... I can employ my, my chauffeur, Alan. Alan can come and work for me. Giles can come and work for me. And what else? And, and then I buy myself a nice house, probably not too isolated, probably not too isolated, but sort of reasonably. I'd have a gardener, we'd have to have Mr Vizzino in, we'd have to do the garden, because I can't do garden. I've decided, I've got to that age now, where you, you pay other people to do it. I don't service cars, or anything like that, so it's easier to get other people to do it. So you'd have a nice house, I'd have a big kitchen, I'd have a really big kitchen, because I don't cook, but i just have a big kitchen in. I don't, I know, I don't cook, but I quite like the idea, because I remember going round to, do you remember Mar Boswell in, uh, in Bread? Well, I went round to her house, because she's married to a very famous conductor, and they used to live down at Barnes, and, and I, I've forgotten her name, actually, all of a sudden, I can't remember, Jean Boat, and, uh, and I went down, and she's got, she had a big farmhouse kitchen, and I remember sitting there, she had a big arger in the corner, and I just remember thinking, how not, a lot of farmers have got argers, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't, Ponce around with sort of silly little gas burners, you know, turn it on. They've got an arger because it's it's because a farm is up from the early hours. Well, mostly up from the early hours of the morning, unless you're a gentleman farmer like you, in which case you know you sort of wander in about nine, ten o'clock, something like that. A couple of sheep are given birth, you know, and you sort of yeah, lovely. And you pat them on the back and send them off into the field. Uh, but most farmers have got these argers, and they use them actually for keeping sheep warm. The little lambs that have been been deserted by their mummies, their mummies don't, no, don't want to play with you, and so they have to bring them in and keep them warm under the arger generally with a sprig of mint, actually, which is quite attractive. Not for them, of course, because they've got no idea what the smell is. But And so you sort of bring them in and you do that. And I thought, I fancy an arger. And then I thought, no, you have to explain to the kids every time they come round, don't go anywhere near this, it's hot, OK? Hot all the time. And I thought, no, I really fancy a big farmhouse kitchen, but really posh. It'd be, I think it's Clive Christianson who does these big kitchens, and they've got the marble worktops with the bevelled edges. And I thought, you know, a kitchen that can cost you anything from, you know, 60000 up to a couple of hundred thousand easily. Easily. So I just, I just fancy doing that. And then I, I'd have the bedroom done. Because I, I quite like bedrooms, and I've done it before. You know when you've got loads of pillows and cushions on the bed? When it's all made, it looks lovely. But when you're climbing into bed, it's not very practical, because you throw them all on the floor. So in the morning when you get up, and I'm a bit, a bit of a stickler for making the bed before I leave, I turn everything back down to air everything. God knows why, it's an old, old thing my mother did. And then you fold it back down again, you put the pillows on. It looks great for about ten minutes. And I hate creases. I have been known to get my steamer out if the bottom sheet is not actually pristine. I'm a bit funny like that. I don't like shirts that crease. So when I've bought linen shirts before and they crease, 
I hate it. You put it on, looks fantastic for five minutes. You sit down in the car, you come in from home to here. I get out, I look like a bag of sugar, all crumpled. It's just not an attractive look. Whereas I like everything to look pristine. And Alan, after he took the mickey out of my shirt, yes, I've got, I went home and I had a little weep. A little weep to myself. You know, because I thought... And then he said... Well, I was only joking. I thought it was good. Uh, now, there is a link from yesterday's blog to the YouTube Zoo video. This is the new one that's up there at the moment. This is where we, uh, we patted aardvarks. I, I stroked aardvarks. Don't ask me why. I just did. And it was... I've never done it before. I'll probably never do it again. I'm, I'm getting quite good at touching animals now. I don't want to touch too many. But I wouldn't want to touch Susan Boyle, put it that way. But, uh, no, I wouldn't. I mean, I've seen the leather jacket. I mean, I've got a better leather jacket than that. And I don't think people of a certain age should wear leather jackets. I think it's all right for men to wear leather jackets. I don't think women wear leather jackets. Unless they're tailored and they're coloured leather. Like red or yellow or blue. A black leather jacket on a woman just looks a little bit Primark. It's a little bit naff, I'm afraid. But there is a link from yesterday's blog. So if you go to lbc.co.uk, click on that, and that will take you through to the, uh, the YouTube Zoo video, which is very nice indeed. And thank you to the, uh, the few people who have uh, perused it already. I'm very grateful. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Dawn, fingers in ears, OK, because I'm about to reveal who got kicked off Hell's Kitchen last night. OK, fingers in ears. Anybody else? Fingers in ears, if you don't want to hear... La, 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 la. Grant Bovig. Sorry. <laughs> Try not to get too excited. Uh, da, 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 da. Uh, Elizabeth said, I'd do the same. I make lists of how much I give to people, the houses and the businesses I buy, even how much I give to my favourite charities. Oh, I've already decided. If I won 66 million, it's a million to Diabetes UK and a million to the British Heart Foundation. That's it, straight away. Because you can't give to everything. I think as you go through your life, you give to certain charities. You don't give to all of them. Because it's just ludicrous. You give to certain charities that are, that are particular to you. Catherine says, hope you get uh, some of the lovely sun. We used to pick out luxury homes and cars. A little escape. It's fantastic. It's great fun. It is great fun. And you think to yourself at work, would you have a party for all your work colleagues? And the simple answer is absolutely not. No chance at all of mingling with anybody from work. You, re- you just wouldn't. You know, because it would be difficult. Because you don't want to invite everybody... Because you might not like everybody. So there's going to be certain people here, I don't want to mention any names, who, who might not be invited. In which case, then they get a bit insecure, or more insecure in their cases, you know, because they've not been invited. And everybody goes home and goes, oh, it's fantastic, we went to Steve's place last night. There was this dinner party, Gordon Ramsay was cooking, and we had a great time. And then there were these chauffeur-driven limousines which took us all home. We were all given a present. We got a Cartier watch and, and Ray-Ban glasses, and it was really fantastic. And the ladies got perfume and, and vouchers to go and get wine and champagne and the person who didn't get invited would be going yeah well I was like busy wasn't I you know I, I didn't want to go anyway so that's what you'd have to have a party for people but would you, and then I thought no I wouldn't have a party what I'd do I'd give vouchers I'd give people at work a thousand pound voucher this is if you won the 66 million thousand it shows what a strange world we inhabit isn't it thousand pound voucher for I think mainly because a lot of them drink well, they do. I mean, no, not through choice. They just do it because they have to. It sort of relieves the boredom sometimes when they go home because they're so busy at work. When they go home, they've got nothing to do. Like, what do I do now? I don't clean the windows, hoover, do something. And so I give them a £1,000 voucher each. But not everybody. You don't want to give it to everybody, do you? I don't know why. Uh, 84850, UK. Clara says, yesterday you judged Colleen for not talking about her dad after her sister's biography. Now she speaks out. You still judge her. No, what we said yesterday, and you should have listened, actually, properly, Clara. I said, I hope she's mentioned it in her autobiography. 
That's what I could play it back to you and prove it, but I mean, it's no point, you know, if you, if you understand your, your mistakes, that's fine. But uh, I did say I hope she's going to mention it because her sister, it was the main feature in her book that her father was a paedophile. And uh, he used to also beat Colleen. Uh, he was a drunken paedophile. He was the worst possible kind. God knows how many of the others he was abusing. I suppose we have to wait until their autobiographies come out. Because up until now, we didn't know that Colleen got beaten. So he was quite clearly a very nasty piece of work. Uh, he used to come and sit on the girls' beds when he was drunk. And you know generally what that leads to if you're a paedophile. So one can only hope that it didn't happen. Although Colleen says, you know, I hoped that when, when Anne told us, she said, I hoped it would happen to me. She said, the reason I hoped it would happen to me was the fact that I thought that he must have loved her more than he loved me. Which is a strange way to think. I've never thought like that. However, Ray, her husband, said, I'm so glad he's dead. Because had he ever come round to our house while he was alive and I'd known about the fact he was a paedophile, I'd probably have floored him. Simple as that. As indeed anybody else would have done. Shane Ritchie knew about it, but he kept uh, quiet as well. Uh, 84850, steve at Lee says, did you manage to put a link on your website to check your computer? We did it on Sunday, Lee. It's been on there since Sunday, OK? Sunday. All on the blogs. If we do something on the programme, it's on there, OK? And uh, we announced that the other day and the day before. And the day before that as well. So Sunday, it's on there, OK? So you go and check on there. We're going to put it on again, just for those people who didn't manage... No, it's already on Sundays. There's no point repeating it from the Sunday blog. People, you just, just go back onto the system and find it on the Sunday blog, and it's dead easy. Uh, Dawn says, I knew this would happen. Yesterday, I didn't listen live, and you didn't give anything away about Hell's Kitchen. And that was no surprise. There's nothing much happened. <laughs> so now you're probably going to say who it was. Well, there you go. So I, I did say, put your fingers in your ears. So now you know. Uh, she says, uh, I've risked hearing about Hell's Kitchen because of him. Because this is Steve Hargrave. Well, actually, he's very tired. He's been doing too many premieres this week, poor soul. And apparently Michael Jackson has this vitiligo. She said there's a connection with that, and that's why he's so pale now. I don't know what he's done to himself. I think Michael tried what a lot of black people try. There are skin lightening creams. And I've seen them on sale. I've seen them advertised in, in the, the black newspapers and the magazines. And it's a cream you put on, and it gradually, over time, lightens your skin. Well, unfortunately, a lot of people have allergic reactions. What might be good for one skin isn't good for another. And so you sometimes see a lot of black people, and the skin's gone very blotchy. And that's because of a reaction to these skin creams which people put up. Why on earth you would want to lighten your skin? Why on earth you would want to start messing around with something that you were given by God? I've got no idea. It's like me going... Well, in fact, white people do, don't we? We get, do you know, I'm going to go in the sun because I look better with a suntan. And everybody else is going, you're going to get cancer. OK, don't go in the sun. If you're going to go in the sun, be very, very careful. And yet still we go there and we go, do you know, I look fantastic with a suntan. And you do. You go on holiday, you wake up in the morning. Normally, if you haven't been in the sun, you're pale and insipid and uninteresting. You go in the sun, you come back from your holiday and you go, oh, pretty cool. Pretty good. In fact, you don't even need to make that much of an effort. You just look fantastic. So that's the kind of thing. Although I'm not very good at lying in the sun, actually. In fact, given the choice, I'm happiest if it's freezing cold, which is what it is in the studio. It's LBC 97.3. Time now, 5.30. Text 84850. Morning, everybody. 28 minutes to 6, Wednesday morning. It's a lovely day today. It's worth getting out there and sort of exposing a little bit of flesh. Not too much flesh. And Johnny of Brixton, not to be confused with Eamon Holmes. Did you see the funny pictures on the front of Hello! magazine? <laughs> it was Ruth Langsford and Eamon Holmes. I thought it was two women posing on the front for pantomime. Eamon Holmes has got so much makeup on and they've given him rouge on his cheeks. It's the funniest picture ever. 
I mean, it really is quite peculiar. But uh, look, that's an attractive look, isn't it? Oh, oh no. You see, they're exploiting her. It's not nice, is it? Oh, Metro. I wonder if Metro going to follow my advice and do the picture of that 17-year-old lad. I wonder if they're going to do that today. There's also another... There's a gang member here. Do you know, I've, I've read two stories about gangs. First of all, there was uh, a story the other day of uh, a man who murdered his best friend because he went out with his girlfriend. For this, you know, people get murdered nowadays. What prats these are. What prats, lady. What stupid, mindless ignoramuses they must be. And now there's another one. This is uh, a boy of 14 who's been jailed for helping to kill a university student. His gang mistook for somebody else. His gang. His gang. What a pillock. What a pillock, ladies and gentlemen. So, Carlos Cyrus, who was just 12... Just 12? What a stupid person. When he and 20 teenage gang members stabbed uh, a young man to death, was found guilty of manslaughter and sentenced to seven years. So, in other words, he's going to be out in about five years' time, probably to do the same again. These silly little girly gangs in London, these little boys who think they're so terribly clever. His gang, three of whom were yesterday jailed for life, had been trawling a housing estate looking to avenge, looking to avenge the theft of a mobile phone. Oh, Jesus. You just, you just give up, don't you, really? You kind of give up and go, can we drag these children's parents into court? I want to see what families they come from. Quite clearly, as bloody stupid as they are. There's another one here. Nasrul Islam uh, was dealt a life sentence, who dealt a life sentence of misery, on 21-year-old Oliver Hemsley with a motiveless and mindless attack. He left a budding fashion designer paralysed for life after severing his spinal cord with a knife. He was jailed for ten years. I'd bloody hang him. I'd hang him. His punishment was criticised by Mr Helmsley's brother, who said at the end of this pitiful sentence, and I agree, this animal will be free to live his life. Unfortunately, the same can't be said of Ollie. Islam was one of six who attacked Mr Helmsley in Shoreditch, East London. Who are these bloody pond life? Who are they? Disgusting pieces of... The stuff you find on the bottom of your shoe... I'm in a gang, you pathetic little git, honestly. Anyway, there is this new diet pill out. You probably heard earlier on they were talking about it all day yesterday on LBC. I've taken diet pills. I have taken diet pills. Let me tell you, diet pills don't work. It's as simple as that. Diets don't work. The only diet that works is the one you get from your GP. Little, often and exercise. It's not difficult. It's not difficult. All these porkers who eat all this fast food, yeah, the reason you're fat... Is because you're eating the fast food, okay? If you eat, not like, not like probably Annie every morning with her squirrel, squirrel food because she likes muesli. Well, she probably doesn't actually, given the choice. She'd probably rather go for sugar puffs. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. And so people eat this stuff and then they go, I've got no idea why I'm fat. And you see them stuff, I've seen them in the fish and chip shop. Uh, uh, chip, uh, yeah, I'll have fish and large chips, mate, large chips, and uh, just sausage and batter separately. So they eat that just to go back to the car. And you think, have you seen the fat that drips off these things? If you squeezed it in your hand like the Incredible Hulk, the fat would drip out and that's all going into your stomach. You know, go to, go to any of these chicken places. Take that piece of chicken and squeeze it and you watch the fat that comes out. Fantastic. It's not dry. It's filthy, dirty fat. And that's what you're putting into your body. So now they've brought out this diet pill for lardies who can't be bothered to diet, so they'll go out and they'll carry on eating. I think the whole system is rife with abuse. People will be going there, fat people, who've, you know, certain fat people, who have got no intention of losing weight, because no, there's no point in losing weight if you don't want to lose weight. You've got to want to lose it. If you're quite happy the size you are, that's fine. 
And they'll be buying these things and then selling them on to other people who can't get them because they're thin, but get them because they think there's a high that's going to go with them, like having Tenuate Dospan or Ionamin. Because Tenuate Dospan, people used to go and get. There was a clinic, so-called clinic, because I think if if you put the word clinic in it, people think it's, it's medically qualified. But in fact, what the diet clinics used to do years ago was they'd employ a retired GP... I speak from experience, as you can well imagine, as I'm telling you this story, on £250 a day because you needed a GP to dispense a drug. And they would dispense tenuate dospan and ionamin uh, because they contained amphetamines. And you needed a GP. The fact he was retired made no difference at all. So they would give you a cursory way and go, oh, right, you've lost a pound since last week, so we'll give you another... And you would pay your £15 or whatever it was. And what they would do for women, they would give them water tablets... So, in other words, you would take one of these water tablets and you would wee it away. So, in other words, as long as it made it look as though you were losing the weight. The trouble is, if the weight comes off, what do you think? Do you think the body just tightens up by itself? Of course it doesn't. In other words, if you actually take somebody like Rick Waller and he loses, say, ten stone, he's going to have ten stone of blubber around his waist. You've got to do exercise to tighten it up. It just doesn't work any other way. So when Petri Hoskin was talking yesterday about the diet pills and the abuse that was likely, she was almost shouted down, but she's absolutely right. A diet pill will not work. The only way you're going to lose weight is not to eat all the food which we all love, which is the chips and the pizza and the fish fingers and the Kentucky Fried Chickens and the burgers and this. You know, do you remember in America they tried to smarten up McDonald's by started doing, you know, fruit and apples. For years, they've been doing burgers and everything else. Then all of a sudden, oh, wait a minute, got to run a new market. And then they, they tried the same in Wimpy. It's still a burger that's fried. Whichever way you look at it, it's fried. You know, chips are fried. That nice golden colour doesn't come from the potato. It comes from the fat that clings to it. That's why you like them. That's why big fat chips are better for you than little chips. Don't want little chips because they hold more fat. Big chips don't hold as much fat. Uh, a devout Christian has landed a job at a lap dance club. Dave Dragus is manager for the dancers, but has never been tempted because he doesn't believe in sex before marriage. He's a virgin from Kingston in Surrey. God, honestly, do worry about these people, don't you? He's never had a girlfriend. <laughs> Probably gay then, I think. And uh, goes to church when his work hours permit. Took him six months to tell his father about it, and he works at uh, Secrets. He says, it'll help me provide for a family. It's fun, but strictly professional, he says. I think it's just a way of getting in the newspapers myself. I mean, why on earth would a devout Christian want to be anywhere involved in that kind of seedy industry? You know, why? I've got no idea. Uh, I'm still trying to find out whether or not they've uh, done it in the paper. I have to... the, the, the couple who didn't believe, and they got the £10 million. And do you know, ants are far better at house hunting than... Sorry. A little bit of an emotional moment then because of my aunt, but I don't want, don't want to go into it again. Had a bit of trouble, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, they will travel nine times farther than a well-built nest rather than settle for a ropey one. I think ants are incredibly clever. If you go to London Zoo, they've actually got ants and they've got the, there's a bit of rope and you can watch them marching on this, this route march. Terribly clever, aren't they? I think if I was... I don't think I'd ever have been an ant, actually. I couldn't bear the discipline. It would drive me mad. Well, I can't find this story in the... Uh, in the paper today. It was in the paper yesterday. We brought it to you about the 17-year-old boy who took the steroids and, um, and he died as a result because you don't know what you're taking with these tablets. You hand over 30 quid to somebody. What do people think these drugs are going to do? That's what I ask. I ask this question all the time. People say, oh, I've, I've taken drugs. I was talking to a friend of mine the other day and he said, he said you're, you're probably quite unique, he said, in, in the fact that you've never done these drugs. I said, I've never actually felt the need to do drugs. 
I've been in loads of clubs and I've, I've been with people who've taken drugs, but for some reason it's never interest. I'm too tight. I would never spend the money. Somebody said to me, oh, cocaine is £60 a gramatage. You're joking. God, that's a set of towels at John Lewis and a new toilet brush. Why would you want to waste it on something you shove up your nose and end up looking like Daniela Westbrook or Kerry Katona, a complete and utter mess, both of them? Why would you want to completely screw up your life? I'd rather have a set of towels or a new bath mat or a new CD or a DVD, anything like that. So at least you've got something to show for it. At the end of the day, you can say, look, I've got a DVD. And you see these kids on the streets, they go, yeah, how are you doing? And you go, where are you coming from? What a, what a way to screw up your life. I remember once we were in, we were in a... a uh, I can't... Anyway, we used to go to this pub on a Friday night for drinks, and one of the girls who worked within a company that worked quite close to ours was always very bubbly. And, and we were sort of sitting there, and then somebody said, I've just been in the toilet. She's snorting cocaine in the pub toilets. I went, really? And she came out, and of course, she was the life and soul of the party. Like, yeah, woo! And I'm thinking, it's fake. You're on drugs. You're on drugs. It kind of ruins it, doesn't it? You know, it's like people who start there, I just do a couple of joints, you know, just at the weekend, just to relax me. You know, and they go to bed at six in the morning and they think they've had a good night. No idea. Completely ruins their day. I don't know if you saw television last night. Georgia's story. Georgia was a lardy. At 15 years old, she weighed 33 stone. This is obesity on a grand scale. Uh, And here we go again. Another piece of self-pitying fat porn. Featuring a sulky chomper with about as much self-control as Jackie Smith let loose with an expense form. Anyway, all of that neither here nor there. Georgia's story did start to challenge last night. She has lost ten stone. And uh, is she going to shift another thirteen and hit the target? Well, she might do. The one thing is, if you're, if you're that big, it's going to kill you. There's no two ways about it. I can't... I, it's like, you know, I stopped smoking only because... In fact, strangely enough, I was all right before I stopped smoking. Stop smoking, then you become ill. Because all of a sudden, the body starts sort of changing. And, and a lot of people say, but I like smoking. I say, that's great. If you want to smoke, smoke. It doesn't bother me. I've got loads of guests on the programme who, who actually smoke. But I always think it's going to kill you. If, you. if you overeat to the excess, if you only eat burgers, if you only eat chicken, if you only eat chips, if you only eat all the bad stuff every day and don't have any vegetables, it's going to eventually clog up your arteries. And the National Health Service is going to be full of fat, overweight teenagers like in America, where people are enormous. I mean, you, you've got, unless you've been to America, you've never seen people the size of it. I didn't even know they made clothes in that size. They're absolutely not. You see huge people wearing shorts. Huge. I mean, they are so big, these people. I mean, I'm positively minuscule compared to some of them. You see them crossing the road. I mean, I thought it was an eclipse. I had no... I, it, it clouded over and went dark, and I thought, God, dear, what, is it going to rain? I thought, no, there's a family of fatties in front of me. The whole family. And once they all... And they go, we, we can't afford to eat properly. And you go, of course you can. It's che- Go around markets. You can eat vegetables so cheaply, but of course vegetables aren't fun. So what you have to do is you have to educate your stomach. I'm not going to sort of tell you how to do it because there's enough television programmes that bore the pants off everybody. But eventually, if you are that clinically obese at 15, you're going to die because the strain on your heart is, is too much. And to be honest with you, there's so much to live for. I mean, heaven's above. There's another episode of Hell's Kitchen. You know, why would you want to die and give up Hell's Kitchen? Admittedly, you can't get rid of cancers and stuff like that. You can learn to live with them. And, you know, just because you've got cancer doesn't mean it's a, it's a death sentence. And there's everything to live for. London, there is everything to live for. In the sunshine and in the rain, London is fantastic. You can go out there and you can do loads of things for free. 
You can go onto the internet, if you've got the internet, and let's face it, most people have got the internet or mobile phones, and type in London for free on Google. And up will come about 554,000 pages of what you can do in London that don't cost you a penny piece. If you've got an Oyster card, go around, get on a bus, do something, for God's sake. There's no excuse for not doing things in London. It's here. As I said years ago, if you're tired of London, you're tired of life. Not as friendly as some places you can go to, but it's all here for free. You can have a fantastic time today. It's going to be glorious weather. Get out there, do it, enjoy it. And then when somebody says, what did you today, do today? You can say, I did this, this, this and this, as opposed to, well, I sat on my fat bottom at home and, and I ate a, um, a Mars bar. And they go, didn't you want to go out and do something? No. Ah, you're not a listener to Steve Allen, are you? No. Will you now? Yes. Thank you. Come on, what do you want to know about the budget? You'll hear it all on LBC a little bit later on today. All we want to know is, is booze going up, cigarettes, entertainment, petrol. And we've even given up with petrol, haven't we now? Because normally, as, as we said the other week on the programme, people would get in their cars and queue outside filling stations. Filling stations would open late so that people could get petrol at pre-budget prices. I never understood why it would be one price one minute and then at midnight they would change... It was the same petrol but they would then sort of up the price on it. It's like cigarettes. One minute they're this price, then, oh, look, they've gone up in the budget. Well, wait a minute, you bought these before. You're now making more money on this packet of cigarettes. It's like booze. People would be rushing out by... Nobody, nobody gives a stuff anymore, do they? You want to know all the things that are important now, mortgage. Is your mortgage going up? Are your savings going to be worth anything? Blow the, the cigarettes and the, and the booze and stuff like that. Even petrol, we're not too... We've, we've just accepted the fact we pay... More duty on petrol than anybody else in Europe. The Americans must be laughing at us. They must be absolutely laughing at us because we've got, you know, so so much duty that comes into it. And what do they do with it? They appear to do absolutely nothing at all, I'm afraid. Richard Cook was watching the, uh, the Liverpool-Arsenal match last night with Sarah. And during the post-match interviews, we couldn't believe our eyes, or could we? Stephen Gerrard slouching in his chair, legs akimbo, clearly proud of his crown jewels. Such etiquette. Such a role model. You could see that Jamie Redknapp, sitting next to him, had noticed and was obviously a little embarrassed. Footballers for you, isn't it? Footballers. What else can I tell you? Johnny says, when I win the £66 million lottery, I'll be seen with desperate female celebs who crave publicity and have no shame being seen out on the town with a man old enough to be their father. I'll be described as dynamic, good-looking and having a great personality. And filthy rich, who might be a suitable sugar daddy. Sam said we're talking about Courtney in the building. <laughs> Could be Courtney from downstairs. He's nearly filthy rich, aren't you, Courtney? Very nearly filthy rich. No, he's not that rich. He gets letters from the bank going, you're overdrawn. And each time they write to him, they tell him it costs money. Why do they write to people telling you you're overdrawn? You're thinking, you know I'm overdrawn, you're making it worse. Don't write. Pick up the phone and call. It's so much cheaper than having somebody dictate a letter, which has probably come out of a computer anyway. Oh, Royston's still dead. You haven't seen Royston in the building for ages. We've got all those lovely letters. We had one a short while ago. He writes letters like you've never seen before. It's fantastic. I love this building. We love them up in the canteen. We love the canteen. Although I've not been up there for ages, because I've, I've not been in late doing things. Hopefully from next week I will. We've got uh, some great guests lined up for In Conversation. But uh, just going back quickly to the budget. If you want to hear it all, it'll be on LBC Today. So you'll get the instant analysis. Danny, late of Hale's Horrors. He says, hearing you talking about St George's Day, does this mean Jenny Barnett will be staying in? As if she ventures out, she could be slain. <laughs> George and the Dragon. Do you remember? Actually, Danny, you'll remember. I trust you well. Uh, George and the Dragon was a, was a, um, a programme on the television with Peggy Mount and Sir James. 
Was that George? I'm sure that was George and the Dragon. Pretty, pretty certain. Uh, 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Tastes funny, that one. Really? Yeah. I mean, it probably tastes normal, I don't know. It smells a bit bitter. It does smell, it does smell bitter. It's, it's Lavazza. Mm. I don't know what Lavazza is. Is that the bean? It's the coffee. Oh, is it the coffee? Yeah. Perhaps we can ask them to do something, some other sort of coffee. Never mind. Uh, Roy says, happy St George's Day and many happy returns to good old Bill Shakespeare. Yes, it's Bill's birthday today, for he's a jolly good fellow. Uh, yesterday, there was this huge fat girl of about 16 on the bus with a massive box of fried chicken and chips, stinking the whole bus out. Amazingly, she had a Diet Coke. I fail to understand the mindset. <laughs> you do see that, don't you? You do see that. People going in, they go, of party bucket of uh, chicken and chips will have the Vianetta and uh, a Diet Coke for me. You think you've kind of defeated the object, haven't you? It's like the, the government talking about helping young people who are unemployed. They like being unemployed, many of them. They don't want to work. Now, my, you know, systematic piece of government legislation coming in would be this. You've been unemployed. We're going to train you to do something. OK, if you refuse to be trained or you don't attend all the courses, we're cutting your benefit completely. OK, no more benefit. It's no point in paying young people to sit around at home, smoke drugs, do stealing, everything else. No, nope, it's as simple as that. We're doing the short, sharp shock treatment. You're either getting out and you're getting a job. You're making yourself available for work. And I mean making yourself available. None of this. Oh, I don't like that job. You will have a job. If you don't have a job within two months, your benefit is being cut off and your mummy and daddy will have to look at you and your friends will laugh. It's as simple as that. If there's a genuine reason, then we will accept it. But apart from that, we're cutting your benefits, OK? We're taking it away. You will get up for work in the morning. You will get up and go to school. I don't care what sort of oiky kind of family you come from. You're going to school, whether you like it or not. And if you don't, you'll go into youth detention and you'll stay there until you learn how to behave. I'm having none of this stupid children hanging around on street corners anymore. Uh, Thomas in Canada says, can somebody tell Jade's mother her 15 minutes are up? It seems she'll do anything yes, and probably get paid for it as well. I told you they would, they would carry on milking this. And uh, quite clearly they are, I'm afraid. 84850, steve at Let's quickly do some more of your uh, texts and emails, get them all in. Uh, do you want to turn on the Christmas lights in Thornton Heath? No, I don't. I can't think of anything worse. God, no. Do they bother with Thor the Christmas lights in Thornton Heath? Uh, great, oh, uh, da la la la. Dawn, fingers and ears. Okay. Uh, did you see the pathetic act that Anthea put on last night? Says Graham sobbing when Hubby Grant got the boot on kitchen. Uh, and somebody else says here, at last Grant Bovey sacked from Hell's Kitchen. He cried to Marco, please look after my wife. Stupid man, honestly. What a pathetic little specimen you are, Bovey. Go away, you drip. Drip. Uh, 84850, steve at uh, Anne says, I'm so offended by your remark. A lot of black people use bleach cream. Really? Why would you be offended by that, Anne? Have you seen the adverts in all the magazines? A lot of people do it. A lot of people do it. Are you big enough to apologise? Are you stupid or what? 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 Because a load of... I'm terribly sorry there's loads of adverts in all the, uh, in all the magazines. Perhaps you should read them more. But uh, they are all there, I'm afraid. And a lot of people do use bleach cream. And they shouldn't do. Ask any of the doctors. Go and, go and check on the medical facts. Don't just make sweeping silly statements without actually checking. Uh, another one here. That slimming pill. Uh, is it speed sold legally? I don't think it's speed. They weren't allowed to. The only ones that were speed were Ionomin and Tenuate Dospan. So, uh, so not really. I don't know what they've done with it, but it's supposed to speed up metabolism, but in, only in exactly the same way that you would go out and, um, 
And, I mean, if you, if you walk and you go to a gym, then you get this high, don't you? It's the endomorphins or something that get going in your body. So it's the same sort of thing. Uh, Ray says, I agree, Steve. I just think of all the money I've saved since I quit smoking. Coming up a year now. And doesn't it make a difference? Don't you feel better if you, if you quit smoking? I mean, I, don't, I, I really don't have any problem with people smoking. You know, it really doesn't bother me at all. Because I think I used to smoke, so I can't possibly then comment on somebody else doing it. I can only say it's going to kill you. There are thousands, if not millions of people. in. There are people dying even as... They are. Somebody's just died. Look, there's another one just died. All these people have died through smoking-related... There's another one just died. Since we've been doing this programme, people die through smoking-related illnesses. You can't do anything about it. It's just it. It's so addictive. Smoking... Uh, uh, cannabis... Uh, sorry, smoking uh, cigarettes is more addictive than heroin. Did you know that? You can detect the effects of cigarette smoke in the brain faster than heroin. And people go, I'm not addicted, I can stop any time. You go, go on. It's like being addicted to, you know, booze or something like that. People can't do it. They find it very, very difficult indeed. Very difficult. And, then, and yet, strangely enough, they offer help to alcoholics, and yet absolutely nothing, apart from the usual sort of stuff, to people that smoke. Doesn't actually make any difference. All, all you can do is point out the problem. But people who smoke know that. People who smoke know that. I mean, it didn't make any di- If somebody said to me, cigarettes are going up in price, didn't make the sli- it wouldn't make the slightest difference. They could be £100 a packet. I'd still smoke them. Still smoke them, because, because it was nice. It was, oh, gosh, I couldn't go out without a packet. In fact, two packets of cigarettes. I couldn't go out. Two packets of cigarettes. I could do 60 cigarettes a day. Easy peasy. Easy peasy. No hesitation whatsoever. Uh, when, I, when I woke up, before I left home, I could do, I could do ten easily, easily when I was smoking. And then on the journey in, if I was driving in, you'd smoke in. I could actually do the same as another person who's in this building who can go to the news at, uh, say, for example, six o'clock. You go, coming up very shortly, the news at six. And then run downstairs, light a cigarette, the moment you're outside the front door, (sighs) smoke it for about a minute, put it out and run back upstairs and carry on doing the programme. I know people that do that. I used to do it years ago. We could actually get outside of the roof of another building, light a cigarette. We'd have the cigarette, run, now, run, and we'd run like heck. Get outside onto the roof, light the cigarette. Well, you'd have to run because you knew damn well the news was going to finish. And you'd get outside, you'd smoke the cigarette, and then you'd go, and then you'd run back inside. And then you wouldn't have another one for about half, you'd go, how long have we got at half past? Uh, About two and a half minutes. Go! (laughs) You'd run like mad. Worth it. Uh, John says, out of curiosity... I checked out Susan Boyle on eBay and I was amazed. There's already an enormous amount of merchandise and several copies of the charity CD that include her version of Crimea River at crazy prices. One copy, described as a Christmas present from Susan Boyle, with a signed card, is already up to £1,000 with another week to go. He says, I wonder how much it would fetch if re-auctioned in a couple of years. Nothing. Nothing. It's only of the moment. It's only of the moment. And John tells me something. Now, I don't know about this, but you'll, you'll have to, to let me know, because I've watched very carefully, and I've been a bit curious as well. He says, after listening to all the comments about Susan from Britain's Got No Talent, I decided to do a search. Voice is OK, although I've got no idea what she sounds like live with no electronic jiggery-pokery, because you know that on Britain's Got Talent, they've got echo, reverb, they seem to bring in overdubbing of an orchestra, and apparently Simon Cowell has said that the singers are pre-recorded. And they mime in the live show. So, in other words, they do what they used to have to do on Top of the Pops, which was, when they used to have the Top of the Pops orchestra, they would have to sing along to this bunch of old men who'd never played a pop tune in their life. And then what they used to have to do, they they said, no, we're not doing that. So they would go in the studio and record their song and then mime to the playback of it. 
Now, in order to get the best out of them, John reckons, and that's what Simon Cowell has said, and they mime in, in the live TV performance because he's said so in interviews. He says, I don't want to insult the lady, but my immediate reaction is, is she Jeremy Clarkson in a dress? Now, I don't think... I'll tell you who she looks like. Miriam Margulies. She looks like Miriam Margulies. If anybody was going to play her, I mean, not that that's ever going to happen, but Miriam Margulies, because one of the papers today is saying that she's going to be played by Angelina Jolie in a film, Don't Be So Stupid. Of course she's not. Unfortunately, it's sending out completely the wrong message to young people going, I don't want to work, just want to go on television and be famous, don't I? I want to be famous because I want to be... Like the 12-year-old, what did he say to Lorraine Kelly? I just want to be famous. He's 12. You know, you thought, get an education first. This is LBC. 97.3 London's biggest conversation continues with Steve Allen Morning team, actually looking forward to the marathon on Sunday <sighs> Pounding the streets da, 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 da. I love it, good stuff Actually of course the funny thing is, have you noticed who's gone very quiet on the marathon? Come on, hands up Yep, Jordan and Peter Andrex do you remember all this? We're bit, re- really training hard for the marathon. We're going to be doing the marathon. All of a sudden, they've gone very quiet. I hope they're going to be out there pounding the streets on Sunday. But of course, no, they're here. She was uh, dragging her very tired, well-worn carcass around the other day with him following closely behind. It's like a bit of a handbag. And, um, and then, of course, she had to pull out of the show jumping or whatever it was she was doing because uh, she did something to her foot. So I'm beginning to wonder whether or not that's, uh, that's the lead-up to, oh, I'm terribly sorry, I can't do the marathon. Perhaps Peter can pound the streets. Uh, Johnny, who should be living in Belgravia, says, Memo to anybody who gets upset over the fact of bleaching. My own cousin has bleached. I know of quite a few females who have done the same. All are black and it does not require an apology for stating a fact. Living in Brixton, you see many bleached faces, and before anybody complains, I'm black. Well, brown, if that matters. And I don't bleach. But there you go, you see. So it happens all the time. You never need to... You'd always get the stupid people who just talk drivel, don't they? 84850, Steve at LBC, What an insult, says Paul to Miriam. No, actually, Miriam Margulies is in the paper today, and they've got a picture of Susan Boyle and the people who could play her, and the nearest one to her is Miriam Margulies. Now, I've seen Miriam topless. I'm one of the very few people in this business to see Miriam Margulies topless. I'm very proud of that fact that um, she came in one time. She was doing, at the time, a show called Dickens Women, which was a one-woman show, which was absolutely fantastic. She came into LBC, and we had uh, a window, as, as we have windows here in the studio. If you've been onto YouTube, you can have a quick look around. We show you the studio. So log on to Steve Allen Show. I think it's uh, youtube.com forward slash Steve Allen Show. And it's got the studio one on there. And about 30,000 of you have had a quick look at that. And you can see the studio. And so you'll see that there's a window on the left-hand side. And Miriam was sitting outside. And she, she was waiting to come into the studio. And I had a guest in the studio. And, uh, and, of course, as usual, if people are sitting outside, they're hearing the show later. Ten seconds. So I, I said, and coming up just after the news, this is about quarter two, uh, Miriam Margulies will be in talking about uh, Dickens' women. And she turned round and she lifted up her top and her bra and jiggled her, her breasts against the window. Unfortunately, the guest in the studio, who was a professor, nearly fell under the ch- <laughs> fell off the chair. It was really embarrassing. She didn't see him. She just told She didn't see him at all. And, and then she started, oh... I put them back, I mean, not small, not small, I'm telling you, but she does look a little bit like Susan Boyle. She could do it. She could do it. So, uh, by the way, says Paul, I've got the full series one of George and the Dragon, Peggy Mount, Sid James and John Lemessure as their boss, the Colonel. We watch the football as well, and my young lady said about Stephen Gerrard, it pays to advertise. 
But that's ridiculous. She puts him on a par with David Beckham and Philip Olivier. Philip Olivier. <laughs> David Beckham. Do you know David Beckham the other day? He's now decided to get involved with charity. Because I can't work out which charities the Beckham support. I find that very difficult at the moment. They, they, they don't actually seem to support anything in particular. He's now doing malaria. Got no idea why. No idea. Uh, Steve, wish me muzzle toff. I gave up smoking a year ago today. That's Eli from Bayswater. Uh, Steve. Um, uh, Steve for mayor. Quite like that idea. And uh, Tom says that St George's Day on Thursday. Yeah, we, we didn't say it was today, St George's Day. We just said we got a St George's Day card. And, of course, it's Will's birthday as well tomorrow. Will Shakespeare. Either way, listen, he's dead. I don't think it's going to make any difference which particular day we celebrate. Uh, who's making money uh, on the Susan Boyle website? Nobody. No. Nobody is making any money at all at the moment. Strangely enough, Eogan's album is out. And um, that's full of covers. So that'll disappear without trace. It'll be remaindered very shortly. And Susan Cowell, I mean, surely Simon Cowell can't make everything. Every single person who appears on Britain's Got Talent or The X Factor signs a contract and you are bound to their agency. That's how the deal is. You're not going to get on television any other way. It's the only programme that can probably make you a little bit of money, provided you can do it. And as I said yesterday, the deal is this. You go on the programme. If you're a singer, uh, then what they do is... They uh, will record an album. They will tell you the songs you will sing. It's as simple as that. They're not messing around. They're in a business where it's a high turnover and, and, and they know what they're doing. They're far more qualified than you are. They want an album in the chart. They're not bothered about a career. They want to make money. They're in the business of making money. Like any record company, like any radio station, any TV station. You're not doing it for charity. You're doing it because it's a business. If you run a, you know, a news agent or a fish and chip shop or a chocolate shop, or any, you're doing it to make money. You're not running a charity. So, consequently, they're going to say, right, OK, uh, Susan, this is what you're, you're going to record. She will record that album. There will be a fee for it. There might even be some sort of royalties. But if she doesn't write any songs, she's not going to make any money out of it. The only people who make money out of the music business are those who write their own material and record it. If you just do cover versions, you get a fee. There might be a fee for doing the... If she sells over 50,000 albums, there might be an extra £10,000 or something like that. Either way, the tax man gets involved. Because they're handing over money to you in the form of a cheque, and you're going to pay. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Uh, Barbara says, Steve, a lot of black people do use bleaching cream. Some are sold under the counter. The skin cancer rate is very high. It's a great pity, as they think, even in these times, it's better to have a lighter complexion. I know, I've seen programmes on the television about it, Barbara. Uh, where, uh, where people have uh, bought this stuff under the counter. Because many of it, they, they had, it had something in the bleaching agent, which was illegal. And, and it, it was almost like an acid. It bit into people's skin. And they had people on there whose skin was pockmarked through putting this, this cream on. Ridiculous. Now, we haven't said St George's Day is today. We just said we had a St George's Day card. OK? St George's Day is tomorrow. 84850, steve at uk. Never wrong. Never, ever wrong. Uh, another one here. Heather is doing creative writing. I used to be published in the women's mags, but I lost a lot of confidence. There you go. Uh, she says, I've got tickets for the 23rd of May. Row H, seats three and four. Oh, but why, people are constantly telling me on this programme that they've got tickets for, for a thing. I mean, I just, really, I'm fascinated. But thank you so much for telling me anyway. So I hope you, uh, you enjoy it. Row H, seats three and four, wherever it is. Uh, 84850, uk. Uh-oh. Morning, Stephen, says Dan. Day over and off to bed. Look at this. Glorious day and you're going to bed. 
I'm going to sit outside your house and hoot my horn. Beep, 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 beep. Are you ready to revolutionise the way you work? Forever? Go to MyPC is a service that allows you to access all your computer files, email, and even the software that's on your office computer, from wherever you are, all using just an internet connection. Whether you're at home or across the country, you can be just as productive outside the office without having to copy files to CD or sync up your laptop. It's the next stage in the way people work. It's easy to set up, simple to use, and incredibly secure. We're so sure GoToMyPC is your next business step that we're offering a risk-free 30-day trial. Just visit gotomypc.co.uk, click the Try It Free button, and use promo code LBC. That's promo code LBC for a free 30-day trial. News headline three. Morning, everybody. Nice to be company. It's Steve Allen's Wednesday early breakfast show. Papers are full of pictures of that sad old specimen of Lady Gaga. Nothing worse than a desperate old wannabe uh, out there wearing tacky outfits. I mean, you go to the Reaper Barn or any of the uh, the brothels in Amsterdam, you see people wearing roughly the same kind of thing. And an actress thought to be too glamorous to become a model has become the face of Rio Ferdinand's new online style guide. Apparently, she was told her only option was to go topless. So she did. Fantastic, isn't it? You can fool some people some of the time and some people most of the time. Don't forget the budget coverage. Full speech in, speech in full from 12.30 today. 12.30. Post-speech analysis uh, between one and four with the Max. James Whale with Tom Cheel live at Westminster. And your reaction on budget drive four till seven on how it's going to affect you. Uh, here he is now, waiting patiently in the wings. Been a bit of a, a premiered out boy all this week, I'm afraid. It's Steve Hargrave. Mm. Good morning. Yeah, good morning. Yeah, two on the trot. Just sort of, they, they're so repetitive, premieres. Unbelievable. You know, they're, they're filming Harry Potter up the road in the early hours of the morning. Oh, are they? Yeah, they've been doing it for the last two mornings now. Whereabouts? Uh, just at Piccadilly Circus. Oh, OK. They're filming up you, there. Have you wandered down to try and get in the background? I've again? been in two, two shots so far. <laughs> one of me snogging Daniel Ratcliffe, and the other one with a big sign saying, Steve Allen's early breakfast, LBC 97.3, please listen. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure the snogging Daniel Radcliffe, that won't go... Uh, they won't notice it. That Easy peasy, get... that one. I mean, that was that the was least good. difficult bit. The difficult bit was holding up the LBC sign, <laughs> trying to make sure it got in shot. <laughs> <laughs> but hope they don't digitise you out. No. But it's, it's amazing how many people were up there. On the first day, I thought it was a, it was a demonstration. Second day, we then discovered it was, it was Harry Potter. And uh, this morning, at about 10 to 4, they had all the big cameras up there on the cranes. Ooh. Filming up Shaftesbury Avenue. How exciting. Good. When's that, mind you, when's... Which one's that? Is, that? is that the one that's coming out still soon? I don't know. If he, that, I mean, he's not careful. The poor boy's going to be 60 before he finishes doing these. I can say, no, it can't be the one, because that's out, right like, really soon, isn't it? Yeah. One. No, there, there must be another one they're already filming. Already started the next one. Yeah. Which is the last one, isn't it? I think so, yeah. yes. I should know these things, shouldn't I? I shouldn't know. No. Listen, you only know it when you <laughs> pick up, like me, a press release. You go, oh, right, that's the last one. I don't know. <laughs> Half the time. Three bits yeah. of music... Three bits of music for us today. Indeed, we'll crack on. Eli Paperboy Reed is the first guy. Uh, comes from Massachusetts. Um, he's really, really good, though. He's only in his 20s, but when we have a listen to it, you sort of see that he does this old uh, soul kind of thing. It's almost James Brownish. And when, I've seen him play live already, actually. It's absolutely amazing. I can mm. just take my eyes off the stage. He really sort of goes for it. Mm. Uh, he's playing tonight at University of London, in Union there. And he's also playing at Pure Groove. I think today, I'm not sure if it's this morning or this afternoon, Pure Groove Records. So if you happen to be off today, um, have a look for the time for that, because that will be free. 
but have a listen. This is Eli Paperboy Reed with a song called The Satisfier. Yeah, the Satisfier, a uh, bit early James Brown. Oh yeah, yeah, and the yeah, <laughs> love it, love it. Now I've dislocated one of my shoulders, but there you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we shouldn't try that. Either. Doing my best. It's very good, live though, with all the horns. I bet it gives you the horns. I bet fabulous it stuff. There you go. This afternoon, one fifteen at Pure Groove Records. Excellent. If you fancy catching an love it to pieces, love it to pieces. Indeed. Yeah. Um, moving on, Camera Obscura, a Scottish band, onto their fourth album called My Maudlin Career. Oh. Um, it's out this week, and they're playing tomorrow night at Shepherd's Bush Empire. Um, so we have a little taster of Camera Obscura. This is the song off the album called French Navy. There you go, Camera Obscura. New album, fourth album, actually. Fourth album. Yeah, much yeah. better than this boy. <laughs> Very nice. Mind you, n- n- not as good as Bat for Lashes. It got rave reviews. Yeah, yeah, we played last yeah. week. Yeah. We're nothing if not hip on this program. (laughs) Just because I'm over thirty-eight, you know, doesn't mean I'm not down with the kids. (laughs) Yo, (laughs) yo, my man. We do our best. We certainly do. Uh, Finally, (laughs) Jeffrey Lewis. Yeah, now for something completely different. Jeffrey Lewis, who's got a new album out this week called MRI. E M R I. I don't know what. I don't know what that means. MRI. Am I missing something? Yeah, I think it's the MRI, isn't it? Isn't it a vaccine? Okay. Right. Oh, it's, it's written as M A R E I. I. But it's yeah. M R I. Yeah. Which right. I think was a vaccine. Right, okay. Oh, the M R I. Oh, well, it's a pun on M R I vaccine. I think so, yeah. Right, okay. God, you're slow. <laughs> no, but I wasn't. <laughs> you know what? I wasn't reading it out. <laughs> it's not happening, is it, this morning? <laughs> but I don't get why. I don't get. Okay. <laughs> I don't know. Anyway, I know what M R I is. Yeah, right. <laughs> not spelled that way. I know. <laughs> oh, I need you to point things out. Um, anyway, he's playing the Scarlet tomorrow, and he's got a new album out this week. I was just said that. And he, this is a song off the album. Have a listen. It's called Broken, Broken, Broken Heart. I like that. Actually, that's quite catchy. It ticks along nice. Made my it? neck even worse, but you know, I'm willing he's, to go uh, for it. Stop doing that. You, know, you shouldn't. <laughs> he, he does comic books as well, and he draws on stage at the same time. Oh. As, he does sing songs and has comic books and links them all in together. He's very, very funny live. Oh. He's very entertaining. Very entertaining. And a very talented artist. Very mm. good. I'm very pleased. Uh, Franz Ferdinand, uh, new show, Brixton Academy. Indeed, Franz Ferdinand just announced that. October the 23rd in Brixton. Tickets on sale Friday. The Somerset House gigs, they announced some of them actually as well. Yeah, we like uh, those. Lily Allen on July the 8th, and then it kind of carries around that time. Grace Jones, July the 9th, actually, she starts them off. Ting Tings are playing on the 14th of July, uh, Pendulum on the 15th, Athlete on the 17th. Tickets are on sale for all of those gigs tomorrow morning. Lovely. Um, who else? So Simple Minds, and that's a new, a new tour. They're playing Wembley Arena on December the 7th, supported by OMD. OMD? 80s Fest. Good God. And Camden this weekend, uh, it's The Crawl. Right. So Friday and Saturday. Uh, if you're not going, avoid Camden. Okay. Busy. Loads of people. Loads of yeah. people. But there's some good bands playing this year. Billy Bragg's playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kasabian and Enemy. Right. As well as all the bands you don't know as well. Neat stuff. Neat stuff. stuff. Okay, so the uh, three people we played today, it was Eli Paperboy Reed, mm-hmm. Camera Obscura, and mm-hmm. Jeffrey Lewis. Mm-hmm. Uh, new like, album, like MRI, out. <laughs> like oh. a jab. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> this week. Let's like the jam. That way. Exactly. That way. It's so nice to explain these things to you. I love it. I'll call it. you up whenever I have puns. Exactly. Whenever you have puns and you don't understand, just phone me up and go, Steve, I don't understand what this is. Can you explain it to me? Or just read it. Yeah, just <laughs> read it to me. And just, just don't, don't bother going there afterwards. Where are you off to today? You off today? Or? Today I'll speak it to Michael Caine. Well, yeah. when you speak to Michael Caine, Michael Caine, yeah. I only told you to blow the bloody doors off, is a big listener to LBC. Is he really? He certainly is. Well, He's terrified of being mentioned on this programme. <laughs> he said, I wouldn't like to get the wrong side of Steve Allen. Well, great. Well, if you're listening, Sir Michael, looking yeah. forward to meeting you in a couple of hours. Give time. him our love when you, when you speak to him. Before you start doing your interview, just say, St- Steve Allen sends his love. Yeah. And that will panic him immediately, and he'll probably <laughs> leave the country. <laughs> my time immediately be cut. <laughs> <laughs> we love him. It's in the, it's in the magic circle, actually. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, well, indeed. I'm a member, so uh, give our love to everybody. Oh, you'll love it down there. You'll love it. Yeah, yeah, because there's a new film, which is good. All and, right. Um, I'll speak to you next week. All right, cheerio. Say goodbye. Bye. LBC 97.3. Steve Allen. Steve Allen. Text 84850. Morning, everybody. With the sports news this morning, our sports editor, Phil Blacker. Thanks, Steve. Good morning. Andre Arshavin scored all of Arsenal's goals in their thrilling 4-all Premier League draw at Liverpool last night. The Russian netted his fourth in the 90th minute, but there was still time for the home side to equalise through Yossi Benayid. He and Fernando Torres both scoring twice for Liverpool. Arshavin admits the result was disappointing for both teams, but the match itself was a classic. I like this game, but this game like supporters. But of course it's not good for the team because and Liverpool wanted to win, we wanted as well. But it's good, it's England football. Liverpool go back top above Manchester United on goal difference, but United now have two games in hand. The first of those is at home to Portsmouth tonight. Third place Chelsea now four points off the top meet Everton at Stamford Bridge in an early dress rehearsal for next month's FA Cup final. In the Championship last night, already relegated Charlton blew a 2-0 lead at home to promotion chasing Cardiff in a 2-2 draw at the Valley. Reading all but clinched a playoff place with a 2-0 victory at Derby. And Brentford will have to wait for promotion out of League Two. A win would have sent them up last night, but the Bees were beaten 3-1 at Dagenham and Redbridge. The British and Irish Lions squad selected yesterday is missing, as expected, a host of big names, but the coaches are making no apologies for that. A mixture of injuries and a lack of form means the likes of Johnny Wilkinson, Gavin Henson and Danny Cipriani missed the trip to South Africa. Defence coach Sean Edwards says they can't pick players on past glories. You do have to go on current form, and uh, if, a, if a player's not playing regularly, unfortunately, you know, uh, when it comes to Lions selection, you have to be... Uh, you know, at the peak of your powers type of thing. Gloucester's hopes of being involved in the Premiership playoffs suffered a big setback last night. They lost 13-6 at home to Worcester, leaving them four points outside of the top four with just one game remaining. Good news for both Harlequins and London Irish above them. Former champion Peter Ebden's been on the wrong end of the biggest upset so far at the World Snooker in Sheffield. The current world number nine was beaten by 10 frames to five by Nigel Bond last night. The remaining first-round matches all start today, including two-time tournament winner John Higgins playing Michael Holt. And in today's racing, they go at Epson, Catrick and Perth, and tonight at Kempton and Southern. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, well, uh, as Alex says, at least we're sticking together. After two seconds, we finished yesterday with two fourths. Oh dear. 
He says, we're off to Epsom today when they open the new grandstand and I shall watch my selection come down the hill, hit the front with two furlongs to go and then try to hold on. <laughs> so what Katie did and planetary motion, both fourth. Uh, so you're now £22.54, he's twenty-seven seventy-one. Mm-hmm. He says, Mr Black had questioned why he was only £5 ahead. Might have something to do with the winner and the place I had last week when he had nothing. <laughs> It, it wasn't so much things, that, it was the, the gap seemed to have narrowed in the last couple yeah. of days. Yeah, well, I know, but he, he does remember these. He, his I'm, I'm sure, I'm sure he's right, I'm sure he's right. You just have to sort of try more. I mean, hopefully, <laughs> uh, before the year is out, we'll persuade you to go each way. <laughs> uh, today we're off to Epsom, the 4.15, mm-hmm. as he said. They open the new grandstand there. Lake Poet, win only. Lake Poet. What okay, I'm also going to Epsom, actually. Uh, 3.40, Saint Arch. Saint Arch. Yeah. A-R-C-H. Uh, yes. Oh, right. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, so we'll, we'll find out tomorrow. We only play for fun. It's only two pounds we play with. <laughs> Thankfully. Thankfully. If it was any more, we'd be in hock to the company, but it's only two pounds and it's, uh, it's just playing along. So Alex, very good with his records. So 4.15 at Epsom, Lake Poet, and yours is? 3.40 at Epsom, uh, St. Arch. Excellent. Thank you so much, Thank Phil. You. We'll put those up on the website in case you want to check them out later. And you can find out just how much we lose, because we're rubbish sometimes at this. <laughs> really not at the happy. moment, yeah. At the moment, we, we need our fortunes to turn. <laughs> Hopefully they will. Phil, thank you. Thank you. Phil will pop back again with uh, Nick Ferrari up on breakfast after the news at 7 o'clock this morning. Uh, thank you to Bryn for sending off that, uh, that letter to, uh, to Debbie. Thank you very much indeed for that. Noreen says, I didn't wait till 6.15 on Tuesday, so I missed Alan telling you about the Bluebell Railway. We did it last year. Um, along nearby, she says, I think with the National Trust Park. It was lovely. We also used to go to Beaconsfield Model Village as children with Sunday school. Did you go to Sunday school? She said, I know you were a choir boy. My number one all-time Steve Allen moment is the wetting yourself. I might, I might tell it on the 20-whatever-it-is. Because apparently Gary, strangely enough, Gary's also got a ticket which is very odd, isn't it? I, mean, I don't know what all these people are going to, but they've all got tickets. Sandra and Gordon, soon to be touring with Ship Ahoy, were horrified to learn from yesterday's programme that some parts of our fair city now have establishments called takeaway food shops. We'd heard all the rumours, but never believed they existed. Thank goodness they haven't spread to Tooting, where our boutiques, designer shops and exclusive private dining rooms happily coexist along the Corniche. We'd like to reassure your listeners that for those visitors who don't have a pension, like Fred Goodwin, we still have Mrs McGinty's Wee Tea Rooms and the Tooting Novelty Rock Emporium. We'll soon be reopening at the end of the pier for another sizzling summer season. Better book early. Toodle pip, as uh, you would say. I love that. Thank you so much indeed. Uh, Tony says, I love the show. I've been listening and podding for about a year. It's the, the podcasters, Steve's Little Podders. Uh, but something's gone wrong. Where's the miniature Satsuma's gone? Well, I have to tell you that the miniature Satsuma season is uh, in China and it's only for about two months of the year. And for that, they slave away and then, and then it finishes and we have to wait for another year before the miniature Satsumas arrive. So I'm terribly sorry about that. Uh, Dominic as well from Bedfordshire. Thank you very much indeed for your uh, letter. Um, you can pop in, but we won't be. We don't have photos of the LBC presenters. You can download them from the LBC website. I know that you don't have that uh, facility, but if you go to a library, you can log on. It's lbc.co.uk, and there you'll find the links. Uh, yesterday on the blog to the London Zoo video, the new one that we made the other day, Steve Allen strokes an aardvark. No, I'd never seen them either. I thought they were just fictitious. And Dan says, you say you're going to sit outside hooting your horn, because he's just going off to bed having work nights. He says, it can't be any worse than yesterday evening, trying to get a couple of hours sleep, only to be broken by the neighbour's seven-year-old smashing her mum's car window and her mum shouting every swear word under the sun. What, what awaits me today? Lord alone knows, I should imagine. Um, and Michael says... 
very soon you'll be receiving strange texts from people saying they've got tickets for Wimbledon Theatre or the Fairfield Halls, perchance. It's unbelievable, isn't it? The amount of people telling me that they've received tickets. Uh, Alan says, can you tell me how to podcast? Uh, it's so simple. So, so simple. Uh, even Brad at Marks and Spencer's needs to learn how to podcast. For as little as £2 a month, you can download everything. Not just this programme, everybody's. And if I told you the amount of famous people who podcast, perhaps we should add Michael Caine to that list, then uh, you would not believe the list of people who listen to this programme, mainly for legal reasons. <laughs> if you go to lbc.co.uk, then you can learn how to podcast. £2 a month is what it starts off at, and you can download everything on LBC. There's more programmes than you can shake a stick at, and they've had all the bits taken out of them, so you just get the programmes. And you can download all of our stuff, and we're very grateful you do. Thank you very much indeed. Keeps me in gainful employment. 84850, steve at lbc.co.uk. Mark the Bailiff says, can I get Alan to come out working with me for a week? They'll listen to him for a couple of seconds and just pay to get him to go. Because what bailiffs do, you see, they have to, to go out. Uh, MMR is the vaccine, MRI is the scan. Thank you. That is good. Uh, oh, there we are. Dr. Mark says MRI is a scanner. Either way, it's, the, it's not the name of an album. OK. Uh, Linda says, I agree with you. Best way to lose weight, eat healthily and exercise. I've lost sick stone. I, I agree with you. I've said before, little and often. Go to any doctor. They'll give you a diet sheet. Bearing in mind, some people's metabolism is such that they can eat anything, and don't you hate them? People go, oh, I could, eat, I could eat three Chinese meals a day and Kentucky Fried Chicken party barrel and still not put on an ounce. And those are the people that you absolutely hate to pieces. So if you, it's just little and often. You can eat as many times as you like. As long as you exercise, it's the, it's the exercising bit that's the difficult bit for most people, isn't it? Uh, very quickly, Daily Mail today, Helen Mirren. Looking fantastic. Mind you, not half as fantastic as Diana Moran, the green goddess. She's 70. And she's in the papers today telling you uh, how to look good at 70. I mean, just absolutely fantastic. But Dame Helen Mirren is heading towards 64. Well, you see, I think Barbara Windsor looks better. And Barbara is a little bit older than 64. Uh, lots of pictures of the, uh, the happy couple who won 10 million. Uh, oh, we're happier for them. And I went into a shop. Where did I go? House of Fraser. I think in, in Richmond, I think Dickinson Jones's House of Fraser. And I, I bought uh, a couple of bits and pieces. And the girl said, uh, do you have a House of Fraser card? And I went, I don't think so, not at your interest rates. And she went, and they look at you surprised. And there it is in big, bold letters, House of Fraser card, 19.9%. 20% interest. 20%. No chance. I'd rather save up. I'd rather save up. Definitely. Uh, flat coke or lemonade could be dangerous to children suffering stomach bugs. You know, some people think, and I'd never heard of this one before, that if you drank flat coke uh, or lemonade, it was good for children. <coughs> Excuse me, good for, for tummy ache. It's not. And in fact, flat fizzy drinks are very, very bad for you. Very, in fact, fizzy drinks, full stop, bad. I know that kids love them, and I know that, you know, over the years we've all had fizzy drinks. I haven't drunk lemonade for about five years now. Uh, and the only Coca-Cola I've drunk is, is Diet Coke. It tastes a lot better than it used to. It used to be absolutely revolting. But uh, they're also talking in the paper today about deflation is back after 50 years. Falling mortgages, uh, transport and fuel prices drive down the RPI. 1960 which was the year that the Beatles formed, a loaf of bread cost how much? 5p. 5p for a loaf of bread. And a house would set you back the magnificent sum of £2,530. £2,530. I know there are certain areas of the country where you can still 
buy a house for under £1,000. Admittedly, it's in an area that nobody wants. Uh, lovely one here says, Steve, I've managed to lose 13 stone. 13 stone I lost. Congratulations. And how did you do it? It got divorced. Excellent. 16 to 7. Conversation continues after the news with Nick Ferrari at breakfast. LBC 97.3. Club 7, LBC is giving you the chance to win Sky, free for a year, with an entertainment pack of your choice, plus a 32-inch HD-ready television. All you have to do, make sure you're listening to Nick Ferrari at breakfast all this week and see if you can guess the programme that another listener is describing. Sky gives you the type of television you want without paying for anything you don't. So make sure you listen all this week to Nick Ferrari at breakfast from 7 here on LBC 97.3. There's a new idea out today. I might go and buy one, actually. It's a hat with hair built in. It's, uh, it's one of these uh, visor hats. It's a modified visor and it's got hair stuck on the top. And I thought, what a brilliant idea. Because nobody would know that you didn't have hair. And there's so many presenters in LBC who don't have hair. It's, it's called bald pa- uh, Broadcaster's Bald Patch. And it's because you keep taking headphones on and off. Not so much we haven't got any hair, it's because it keeps being worn away. And that's how it happens. Actually, the good news is, as Wimbledon have unveiled their new roof, the good news is, no Cliff Richard singing this year. Hey! Got a bit worried about that. Every time it rains, people at Wimbledon get, he's not going to sing, is he? Is he here? He's not, please tell us he's not going to sing. <laughs> so, so Cliff has been deprived of another outlet. Uh, but I want one of these hats with hair on. If you find them anywhere, do let me know where you can find these things, because I, I've decided I want one. Uh, Dawn says, thank you very much for giving me the second warning about Hell's Kitchen. I'll stop listening again for a couple of minutes. As soon as the show's finished, I should go and watch my recordings. And great to hear Steve Hargrave. Actually, as he's doing Michael Caine later on today, isn't it amazing? Every bit of music we play, Dawn has seen. She's seen Jeff Lewis live, and that was indirectly because of Steve Hargrave. Brilliant. Last Steve... Uh, sorry, last Steve. Last year, Steve recommended Herman June at Scala. I went to see him and liked him. Went to see Herman June at Union Chapel, and Jeff Lewis was also singing at that gig, and I've seen him too. And you've mentioned Bat for Lashes, and Steve said he'd seen her on telly last night. Must have been on Jules Holland, which I told you about last week. I recorded Jules Holland last night, so I shall be watching her on the show as well. You have a nice day. Uh, Pat says, do you realise how many dogs listen to your programme? I know, those page three stunners, it's amazing, isn't it? They just tune it. They don't know what they do. What are you talking about? Oh, no, footballers, footballers or something. Anyway, she says, we don't finish our walk till 7am. You're very clear about dieting, and I wish all dog owners would follow the same rules as you give for humans. Actually, the tr- getting a dog is a good way to lose weight. And running, not just sort of taking the dog out there. We see no end of dog walkers uh, out on the, uh, the afternoon. Pat's Labrador say, we love your programme. My yellow companion insisted on a photo being sent her. She likes the one with Pat's new Hunter Wellingtons, especially as we've got the colour coordination. So th- thank you very much indeed. I do like the Wellingtons, actually. I think the Wellingtons are quite nice. Should there not be a person in there as well, though, Pat? And uh, very nice. I like it when people send us in pictures of, of, of what you do in the morning, because I think it's, it's quite nice to find out. Because not everybody is wide awake at this time, but yet we've been awake for ages. Richie says, the second track you played today was good. Camera Moderna sounds like it's a kind of Italian TV show that I watch and Francesca hates. <laughs> sounds a bit naughty, doesn't it, really, I suppose. Uh, is it possible to edit bits out of the podcast? Thank you, Simon. Yes, it is, absolutely. Um, Steve, black women use bleaching cream to cover blemishes that heal darker. They aren't all trying to get paler. No, but many pe- that's what they're sold for, unfortunately, which is, uh, which is a bit of a shame. People use them, but unfortunately, they're terribly bad for the skin. Terribly bad. You should never use anything like that. Uh, the sun this morning, 
Front page, free loaf of bread. How exciting has life become? Uh, desperately tweaking Susan. I'm sorry, uh, middle-aged woman of 48, wearing a print dress with a leather jacket over the top, which is cheap. Looks absolutely disgusting, I'm afraid. <laughs> Doesn't work at all. Uh, another one here. This is uh, the, the roof at Wimbledon. Very impressive. Slides back, but at least it'll stop Cliff Richard singing. This uh, pair who won 10 million to take a holiday. In fact, it wasn't just 10 million. In fact, the 10 million would be nice. But it was 10 million, 784,000. 784, I'd be happy with 784,000. That, uh, that would suit me nicely. Thank you very much indeed. And um, do you know what the most pinched thing from an office is? I didn't really... I thought it would be something like paper clips, pen, paper, uh, post-it notes, anything like... No, no, toilet rolls. Apparently, people are walking off with... To- I can't think why... Who's serious in their right? I think we should bring in security here at Global. I can't imagine how many toilet rolls must go missing from it. Who would walk off with toilet rolls? They're not exactly the most... Do you know, I'm, I'm a bit funny about toilet rolls. Because I like the ones with a pattern on. I don't know why it makes the slightest... I know some people just use, you know, pale yellow. Why can't they be bright colours? Why can't you have bright blue, bright... Bright other colours... Why can't you have bright toilet paper? They're all, have you noticed, they're all muted and pale, and so you get sort of beige. You know, why can't you have bright red toilet paper? Which would be lovely, wouldn't it? I like the idea of having... So, so I, I've got toilet paper with fleur-de-lis on, because I think it looks quite posh. It's a bit hyacinth bouquet. And I quite like the wet wipes as well, because I think they're actually good, and I think that's, that's an added accoutrement. You know, when you go on holiday or something like that, you don't like using foreign toilets, do you? I don't. I'm very funny about foreign toilets. Don't like their paper. We used to get that horrible stuff at school, which if you put it against a, um, a comb, you could play a tune. It was that greaseproof paper stuff. Horrible. Horrible. Izal used to say on the bottom, now please wash your hands, as if you wouldn't even think about that. So toilet rolls. Other items include memory sticks, discs, old computers, photocopier bags and tea bags. You don't want to nick our tea bags, I promise you. They're dr- nick mine. Mine are much nicer. I have Earl Grey tea bags in my cupboard. I don't, I don't touch them. The ones here look like they've been recycled. Very odd. Uh, don't forget the How Low Today. I only mention it because I'm totally against the company giving away these ludicrously expensive prizes. You know, I think people would be happy with a small box of chocolates or a bag of tea bags. Or if we were to, to be believed in the paper today, it would be uh, toilet rolls. But no, we're giving away a 42 inch plasma from Samsung and a home cinema. It's the all-in-one package. It's fantastic, it's lovely, and it can be yours. It's HD-ready, and it's got digital built-in. All you have to do is guess how low it's going to be. Lowest unique bid will win. Lowest bid in pence that nobody else makes. Bids in by 7pm today. You text LBC, and then you have a guess at what your uh, price is, and you send that to 88821. So you might think it's going to go for £1.59. So you text LBC 159 and send that to 88821. So LBC, then your bid in pence, 88821. Bid'll cost £1.50, plus your standard network rate. Lines close at 7pm today. You must be over 16. LBC.co.uk for full terms and conditions. And on the blog, you will find that there's uh, all sorts of links, especially to London Zoo, Steve Allen Strokes and Aardvark. I never thought I would actually stroke an art, but apparently they're so affectionate at aardvarks because they've got teeth, but they're way back in there. They're never going to, in other words, they're going to nuzzle you to death. Before and they, they feel a bit like, um, a bit like a pig when you, when you stroke them. They're, and they're also a lot bigger than you imagine, as you will discover if you go to, uh, if you go to the, uh, the blog. There's a link on there and on the website as well. Daily Mirror, let's quickly run through those front pages in the last couple of minutes of the programme. Helen Mirren, looking fantastic. But they're quite clearly not wearing a bra. And, 
sorry. And Colleen Nolan talking about uh, my dad beat me, but still I loved him. He was a paedophile, as you know. We've heard that. Uh, Hammer Killer, Levi Belfield, has admitted he did drive the red car linked to Millie Dowler's murder. Uh, who else is out there, actually? Helen Mirren with... I don't know who she... She was out with... Uh, oh, it's Russell Crowe. I didn't even recognise Russell Crowe, who's wearing a suit that looks as though it's, it's done something peculiar under the camera lens. But there you go. Oh, and good for Emmerdale bosses. After the actor Luke Tittensaw uh, admitted his attack on a teenager, they've fired him immediately. Immediate effect. He's been kicked off, and I hope he never works again. A nasty little piece of work, I'm afraid. And I knew it was imminent. They suspended him the other day, uh, waiting for the outcome. He admitted that he beat this uh, young teenager up. He's 19. Should know better. You would think somebody who's in a position of responsibility, who is watched by millions of people, would have, uh, would have more care, due care and attention, and would be... Um, and we'll be sort of looking out for things like that, but he turns out to be a nasty little thug, and he's paid the price. Uh, 84850, steve at Um So I nearly mentioned Hell's Kitchen again, but I was very mindful. A lot of people are listening. And apparently Kerry Katona was unveiled ahead of a new uh, show on the... Te- can't think of anything worse, actually, than a Kerry Katona show. Shan't be wasting our times with that one at all. And 20 miles an hour is going to be the new speed limit in... Te- ridiculous. Have you ever seen anything like it? 20 miles an hour. I really don't. I'm not even sure I can, I can cope with things like that. And Paul says, near us, in Manchester, we have all the shops that sell the bleaching creams. Also, for our sins, we have uh, one of those Polish shops that has a problem serving you if you're English. Do you remember this story when it made the papers? Oh, that was an interesting one. Uh, out on the town, Kelly Brook, with a very rich businessman. Apparently, they're just... Uh, it was a friendly get-together. How strange. Everything poor old Kelly Brook does... Is, uh, is in the papers. Perhaps one of these days she'll actually manage something without getting into the papers. But he's very, very rich. Very, very rich, and that's it. And this month is on track to being Britain's warmest April of the century. It was glorious yesterday. Get out there, enjoy the day today. Don't forget the coverage of the budget starts uh, 12, 12.30 here on LBC. I'm back with you tomorrow morning. Uh, go and podcast. Please go and podcast. LBC.co.uk. Look at the fabulous pictures of how gloriously attractive we all are. <coughs> Nick's with you after the news, which is next on LBC. Did you know Air Lingua?